preacher, you must be going to get with it tonight. You brought a lot of water to the pulpit with you. And I said, yes, sir, you don't need your watch tonight. You better have a calendar. That's what I told him. And uh, actually, I want you to give me about 25 minutes here, 25, 30 minutes probably, and, and um, short, simple, but boy, man, oh, man. You know, just because something comes in a little box doesn't mean it's not valuable. Do you know that? And we may not take a whole lot of time tonight in this service, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to give you tonight is valuable. It is valuable. So when you find your places in Psalm 100, if you're able to stand tonight, if you'll stand with us all over the house tonight, Psalm 100, familiar passage of Scripture. You probably know it. Some of you probably haven't memorized in fact, in fact, I tell you what, why don't we just do some responsive reading tonight? We'll just read it all together tonight. It's only five short verses, and it'd be good for us to, to read some scripture together. So Psalm 100 in your Bibles, and we're going to read, begin reading in verse number one. Ready? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Thank you so much. You may be seated. And I want to draw your attention to verse number four tonight. And the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And then the Bible says this, be thankful unto him and bless his name. And I want to talk to you a little, a little bit about that tonight, the meaning of thankful, the meaning of thankful. And I don't know that I ever really thought about it like this. And so just give you a thought or two tonight. And we'll let you, uh, let, you, let you go to the house. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to be here tonight. And God, thank you for the wonderful day you've given us at Calvary. I do pray you'd bless our families that are away today. I pray you'd give them traveling mercies. And please bring them back safely to us. And then, Lord, we think about those that are in the hospital tonight. I think about Miss Mary is down at Baptist Hospital this evening. And then I think about Miss Linda, uh, Tina's mother's over at Ardell, I believe it is tonight. And we pray that you'd bless them. And, and then there are others tonight that are sick and under the weather, not able to be here this evening. Uh, some parents have ailing kids, and of course they have to, uh, at least one or the other has to be home taking care of the little ones. And, and so, Father, I pray that you'd heal those that are sick, and, and I pray that you'd, you'd bring them back to us real soon. And now, Lord, as we take just a few minutes and gather our attention around the Word, I pray, Father, that you would... I pray, that you'd, I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd teach us tonight. I pray for the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that what we say tonight would make a difference. I pray it'd bring honor to Christ. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that it would edify the church tonight. I believe that's my job as the pastor. And so I pray that you'd help us to equip the saints. And so, Lord, help us please now. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. I think it's important. For the Christian to understand that we are commanded to be thankful. We were, uh, we were uh, joking around uh, a little bit this week over Thanksgiving. Brother-in-law and I were talking about uh, we went down to South Carolina one year, down Aiken, South Carolina, to hunt with my father, father-in-law. And, uh, and we had a guide that took us out every day, took us to our stands and come back, pick us up and, and that kind of thing. 
And the first day or two, man, the guy just had a very loose mouth. I mean, he just, you know, was using choice words and just, you know, just wasn't going to do. And so after about a day or so of that, my father-in-law uh, informed him that we were not only Christians, but he informed him, he said, Brother, there's two preachers uh, in this truck. Boy, I'm going to tell you, talk about an instantaneous transformation uh, took place. He said, oh, 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 oh. He said, I want to tell you, I am a firm believer in the 12 commandments. He said, I, I believe. And, <laughs> and we were in the backseat counting. And, uh, and now, we think about the 10. We think about the 10 commandments. But the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of other commandments in Scripture other than the 10 or the 12 uh, commandments. There's a lot of other commandments in there uh, other than those. And one of those commandments is that that we are to be thankful. And I want us to understand tonight that this is not just a, a suggestion or this is not some kind of a, a cute little sonnet, you know, simply quoted by the psalmist. We know that the book of Psalms was the Hebrew song book and uh, these were poems, if you will, uh, put to words, put to music. But I, I want you to understand that this is not just a song, uh, but this is a command of Scripture. Now you say, well, uh, preacher, this is Old Testament. That's true. That, you're right about that. But how many know that Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth? And so I want you to take your Bibles tonight, and I want you to turn to Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, uh, one, of, one of what we call Paul's epistles here, the book of Colossians, and, uh, and look at chapter number 3, and I want you to notice what our New Testament says. Right after the book of Philippians, Colossians chapter 3, and look, if you will, please, when you find your place, look at verse number 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. The Bible says there, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Now look at verse 13. He should forbearing one another. Uh, in other words, you know what? We're to get along with one another. We're to put up with one another. That's what it, talk, that's what it means. We're to, sometimes we are a little, a little hard to get along with. That's what it's saying. But we're to forbear one another and, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, Brother Horn told on this this morning, above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Now look at verse number 15. The Bible says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body. And look what the New Testament says. And be ye, what's the word? Thankful and be ye thankful. Did you notice this is not a suggestion? God didn't say, you know what, if it's okay and if it works into your schedule and, and if you don't mind doing this, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are, we're to forbear, we're to forgive, even as Christ forgave us. We're to use that charity, uh, that bond of perfectness, but also the Bible says if we're gonna have the peace of God in our hearts, that we are going to have to be thankful and be ye thankful. Now, the Bible uses several words that deal with thanks. For instance, uh, it uses that word thanks. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 15. I love that verse. The Bible says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Did you know tonight there's really no way that you can explain what God has done for you? Did you know there's really no sermon that can explain what God has done for you? Did you know there's really not a poem that can really, that, that, that can really 
uh, you know, surmise everything that God has done for us and how good God has been to us and the grace and the mercy that God has given us. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. But then the Bible uses the word thanked. Uh, Romans chapter six, verse 17, the Bible says, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Thank God I'm not where I want to be, but thank the Lord I'm not where I used to be. Amen. Amen. Still growing, still growing. I'm not yet apprehended. I'm still growing in grace, growing in the Lord. But thank God I'm not where I used to be. Thank God I'm no longer that servant of sin, but I've been set free. But then the Bible uses the word thanksgiving. In fact, if you go through your Bible, you'll find out that the Bible uses the word thanksgiving 28 different times. It uses the word thanksgiving. Psalm chapter 95 and verse number two, the Bible says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. And so the Bible uses the word thanks. The Bible uses the word thanked. The Bible uses the word thanksgiving many times, but it's interesting, interesting that when the Bible commands us concerning thanks, it uses the word thankful, thankful. Uh, you don't have to go back there. Uh, Psalm 100 verse four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You're still in Colossians chapter three, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. Now, man, this is so simple tonight and so short tonight, but I want you to understand that when the Bible in Colossians chapter three, verse 15 and Psalm 100, verse number four, the Bible uses the suffix of full, thankful. The word full there, or the suffix full means this. It means not just to possess something, but to be filled with that something. There's a difference in thanks and thankful, two different words and two different meanings. And so I'll say again, it means this, not just to possess something, but to be filled with that something. For instance, it's one thing to have plenty. It's another to have plentiful. It is one thing to have something in your hand. It is another to have a handful. Now stay with me. I think you're getting it little by little here. It's one thing to have some joy. It's another thing to be joyful. Joyful. You don't just possess something, but you're filled with that something. And when the Bible commands us concerning things, you know what it says? It says, be ye thankful. In other words, we're not just supposed to have thanks. We're not supposed to just give thanks. But the Bible is saying we're supposed to be thankful. We're supposed to be full. We're not just supposed to possess some things. But as Christians, as children of God, we are to be full. We are to be filled with thanksgiving or thanks. Now, listen to this. When something is not full, it leaves the need of being filled. Now, again, let me illustrate tonight. Uh, if I could, I got a, a little bit of, these are 
water bottles for dwarf preachers. That's what, what these are for. And uh, I gave this to Brother Joe the other night. I was almost embarrassed to give it to him. I said, you want two of these? And uh, now, wait a minute now. Let me illustrate what I'm talking about. I've got a little bit of water in here, and I'm going to pour some water in this uh, pitcher right here. And uh, all right, there we go. Now, wait a minute now. Uh, now, uh, how many would agree, how many would agree that this pitcher has some water in it? Would you all agree with that? I would agree with that. Uh, by the way, this looks like a lot of Christians I know right there. Uh, it has some water in it. How many would agree that it's full? No, it's not full. Now, it does possess some water, but it is not full. Uh, listen, if your gas tank is not full and you travel much, you're going to have the need of being filled with fuel. Has that, has that little light ever come on and you weren't close to a gas station? <laughs> and, 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 you're, and, 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 and your wife told you 10 miles ago, Honey, you better stop at the gas station. I'm all right. We're living by living by faith in Jesus above. And, uh, and then you get way out there in the boondocks of West Virginia or somewhere out there, and, and that little light's on, and then the alarm starts going off. Maybe the car starts sputtering a little bit. Now, wait a minute. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that if it's not full, you're going to have the need of being filled with fuel. Uh, last week, we were uh, visiting with Zach and Amber's, you know, and uh, he was taking us all over the place and showing us uh, different things ab around the area where they, uh, where they minister. And we were going, you know, back and forth and all over the place. And we kept going over this, uh, we kept going over this uh, uh, place uh, that, uh, you know, everything's developed in California. I mean, man, there's houses. I mean, brother, listen, you know what? You better like close living if you live in California because you can stick your hand out, and you don't even have to stretch it out very far. You can just stick it out and shake your neighbor's hand. I mean, that's, that's how it is. And, uh, but there was one place. We kept going over one place, and it was undeveloped. There was no houses there. There was uh, 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 no dwellings there. In fact, there was a fence on both sides, and there was a bunch of tumbleweeds and brush, uh, you know, little bushes and, uh, and uh, sand and rocks, and, and uh, just nothing there. It was undeveloped. It stood out. And we kept going over that. One day I asked Brother Zach, I said, uh, I said, son, I said, what is that right there? What is that? No houses. You know, what is that? It's just all bare. He said, oh, dad, that's the river. I said, do what? He said, that's the <laughs> he said, is that what he said? He said, that's the river. Now, I want to tell you what, brother. You'd have a hard time catching a fish out of that one. I promise you that. That's right. I would advise you not to dive, whatever you do. And uh, uh, you know what? Your boat would not run well in that river. In fact, I don't know that I saw any water. There may have been, there may have been a little tiny, tiny little creek that was sort of, I don't know, I'm not even sure there was, uh, that, well, there was that. And I said, the river? He said, that's all I know, Dad. That's what they call it. They call it the river uh, here. And uh, now, wait a minute now. What, what are you saying? I'm saying that it wasn't full. It was in need of feeling. Now, stay with me, church. Did you know tonight, why some people are constantly needing somebody to pour into them. Constantly needing somebody to pour into them. We call it high maintenance. And by the way, those kind of people come in all shapes and sizes. There are what we call high maintenance church members. And anybody who's ever pastor knows what I'm talking about. There are some folks who just love Jesus 
and they just show up and they do what they're supposed to do and just serve God and love their preacher and you love them. And, uh, and you know what, boy, they just, they're in their place serving the Lord faithfully. And you know what, you just never, I mean, you don't have to check up on them. You know they're gonna be there. You know they're gonna be on the bus route. You know they're gonna be in the choir. You know they're gonna be in their Sunday school class. You don't have to constantly go behind them and just check up on them because you know, you know they're gonna be there. Uh, listen, I don't have to check up on Miss Sue. She's gonna be there. I know it. Man, if I'm not there, she's gonna be there. I mean, listen, and there, and by the way, we have other Christians like that. I, I was just thinking today, oh, thank God for the workers we have. Thank God for the workers and with all the transition that we went through this year, my soul. And I was just running the bus route this afternoon thanking God for my bus workers and, and all those bus workers running routes and taking kids home. And, and just, just and listen, I want to tell you something. I'm thankful for the workers here. But the truth is, every church has high-maintenance church members. Where you know what, you gotta constantly be calling them, constantly be writing them, constantly be uh, staying after them and, and trying to, you know, trying to pour into them and pour into them. By the way, comes in all shapes and uh, sizes. Uh, you know what, I'm thinking about high maintenance spouses. I feel sorry for some guys. I'm serious about that. I don't mean that as a slam, but I was thinking about a fellow this week and I thought, God help. I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't wanna be that guy. I wouldn't wanna have his wife. I wouldn't. And somebody said, well, I'll tell you one thing. If I lived with you, I'd give you poison. Well, I'll tell you another thing. If I lived with you, I'd take it. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, man, I mean, just, just mean <laughs> and just listen, brother. I mean, it's a shame. Uh, you know, some spouses, you gotta constantly be pouring into them. Constantly, you gotta pour into that husband. Constantly, you gotta pour into that wife. I mean, never satisfied. Always wanting more. Always fussing about something. Always griping about something. I thought about this. You know what? They're high-maintenance children. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, you've got some kids that just, you know what, man, they just, they get up, they, they go to school, they get up, they go to their job. They, I mean, they're just, you know what, they're good kids, but then you got other kids and you're just constantly, constantly pouring into them, constantly after them, constantly reminding them, uh, pick up your toys, constantly reminding them, uh, do your homework, constantly reminding them, uh, listen, go get a job, constantly reminding them, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to behave yourself. I thought about this. They're what we call high-maintenance employees. And everybody that runs a business or owns a business or supervisor, you know what I'm talking about. Brother, I'm gonna tell you what. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It is hard to find people that are dependable nowadays. I mean, you gotta pat them on the back all the time. Thank you for coming in. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for punching in. Now, we're paying you a good wage, but thank you for coming. And listen, I mean, just high maintenance. You always gotta be doing something. And you give them a ham for Christmas, and that's not enough. They want a turkey. And, and you give them a turkey for Christmas, and that's not enough. They want an extra day of vacation. And you give them an extra day of vacation, and that's not enough. They want a new car. And you give them this, and it's not enough. And just always pouring into them. Listen, some bosses are high maintenance where you're constantly, you know what, never satisfied. I mean, you work and work and work. I mean, you work hard and you try to be dedicated and yet it's never, ever good enough. Now, wait a minute now. What are you talking about, preacher? Can I tell you why they need constant attention? Can I tell you why they need constant feeling? Because they're not full. That's it. That is an illustration 
Not all, of course. Thank God, not many. But that's an illustration of some who attend Calvary. And you know what? They constantly need somebody to pour into them. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Give me more. Preach to me more. Do more things. Uh, uh, do more things for me. Uh, and so, listen, when you become, and here's the thing, when you become thankful, when you become thankful, you automatically begin to, well, can I just show you? When you become thankful, can I show you what happens? Here's a child of God that gets saved. Man, they get saved. Just fall in love with Jesus. Man, so thankful for that husband. God. Oh, he's not perfect, but they're thankful for him. So thankful for that wife. Oh, she's not perfect, but he's thankful for her. Man, so thankful for those kids. No, no, they make some mistakes. They need some spankings, but he's so thankful for those kids. And you know what? He's thankful for his church. Oh, no, it's not perfect, but he's thankful for it because it's a good church and the word of God's being preached and people are being saved. And he's just thankful for his church and he's thankful for his job and he's thankful for his car and he's thankful for his home and He's thankful for heat and he's thankful for food and he's thankful for, uh, for a, a clothes to wear and he's thankful for this and thankful for that. Y'all getting the illustration? And when you become thankful, you know what happens? You begin to overflow and you begin to pour into other people's lives. Hey, can I show you some illustrations tonight if I could? Take your Bibles if you will and we're, we're about done. Take your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 6, 2 Samuel chapter 6, and look at verse number 12, if you will. This is King David. Now, I know King David made some mistakes, but you know what, David? David was a man after God's own heart, and, and uh, they've left the, the ark in the house of Obed-Edom, and they've, uh, they've heard that, boy, God is blessing the home of Obed-Edom, and so David goes down to the house of Obed-Edom there and they get the Ark of the Covenant, a symbol of the presence of God, and they bring the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of God. And look at the story, if you will, in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 12. The Bible says, and it was told King David, saying, the Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Now watch closely. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, <laughs> he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And the Bible says, verse 14, and David danced before the Lord. Now, I want to tell you what, this wasn't the dish rag twist or the skunk skedaddle, amen? I'm telling you, this was a holy dance. And the Bible says, and David danced before the Lord uh, with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came to the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And 
she despised him in her heart, verse 17. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Now, what's, what's the Bible saying here? Brother David is full. I mean, brother, he's just full. I mean, man, he just gets so happy. He just does a little jig. I mean, he just, he does one of them Brother Tony jigs. You know what I'm talking about? And just, I mean, just happy. And they're shouting and they're playing instruments and music. And hey, the presence of God is, is coming back and, and they're, they're excited and, and they're thank They don't just have thanks. They don't just have, listen, they don't just have thanks. Hey, brother, they're, hey, they're thankful. And David begins to, he begins to run over. And look what it says. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, and as soon as David had made an end of offering, burnt offerings and peace offerings, watch now, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. The Bible says, so all the people departed, everyone to his house. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that David got so full that David started overflowing. And brother, he overflowed into all Israel. He Listen, because he got so thankful. You know what, you know what happened? He ended up blessing a lot of people. And you know what's gonna happen when you get thankful? You're gonna bless a lot of people. Because you're gonna, you're gonna overflow. Hey, let me show you another illustration. Look if you will at Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And look at verse number 17. Matthew chapter 14 and verse number, verse number 17. And we find here that Jesus, our Savior, sets the example in being thankful. And notice here, the blessing overflows. Matthew 14, verse 17, the Bible says, and they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude, 5,000. And he commanded the multitude to sit down in the grass. Now watch closely. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he, what's that next word? He blessed. Look it up. It's the idea of giving thanks. Man, just thankful. Father, thank you. He blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Look at verse 20. And they did all eat. What's the next three words say? And were filled. But look at the rest of it. And they took up of the fragments that remained. How many baskets? <laughs> you know what happened, brother? Listen, Jesus got so thankful. I mean, it started flooding out and flowing out and blessing a whole lot of people. In fact, it blessed so many that they ended up taking 12 baskets that remained. The Bible says, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says in John 7, 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come into me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always, what's that next word? Abounding, always abounding. You know what that means? It means enough and to spare. That's what it means. In other words, brother, when you really get where you need to be with Jesus, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be overflowing. You're going to be overflowing. And by the way, it never fails. 
When you get around somebody like that, people want to be around those kind of people. You have a hard time getting around them. You know why? Because everybody's, everybody's with them. Hey, brother, how you doing? Good to see you. And, uh, man, everybody wants to be around somebody that's overflowing. Overflowing with thanks. Overflowing with praise. Overflowing with, with blessing. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7 says, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you've been taught. Abounding, abounding. Uh, enough and despair. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. This is all I'm saying. We're done. This is all I'm saying. You and I are not supposed to just have some thanks. We are to be thankful. Full. So full that it's running over. So full. You know what? Listen, church. I ought to be so thankful that it runs over and blesses this little lady right here. And if you're the kind of spouse where your spouse has to, be, has to be constantly pouring into you, constantly, they're constantly trying to satisfy you, trying to make you happy, trying to please you, constantly. You know what? Maybe tonight you need to get on this altar and say, Lord, help me to be thankful. If you're the kind of child where your mom and dad, and by the way, this shouldn't be the case, especially if you're older now. And your mom and dad are constantly having to pour into you, pour into you, pour into you. You know what? Maybe tonight you ought to get on this altar and say, Lord, help me to be thankful. Help me to be thankful. Because when you become full, you begin to overflow into other lives. Listen to this poem. We're done. Somebody said it like this. Today upon a bus, I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her. And how I wished I were so fair when suddenly she rose to leave. I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one foot and wore a crutch. But as she passed, a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet. The world is mine. And when I stopped to buy some sweets, the lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm. I said, it's nice to deal with you. Such courtesy, I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Then walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment. Then I said, why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunsets glow, with ears to hear what I would know, I am blessed indeed. The world is mine. Oh, God, forgive me. Ask you a question. Are you thankful? Is this you? Are you thankful? Or do you need feeling tonight? Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together. I'm going to thank you for this message. 
Lord, as you gave it to me earlier this week and as I begin to work on it, you begin to work on me. Lord, I was convicted this week. It challenged me. God, it reminded me of some areas where I'm just not, I'm not as full as I ought to be with thanks. Lord, forgive me for those times when I am demanding the pouring, the filling. God, when I ought to be so full that I'm flowing over and blessing others. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll bless this time of invitation. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd help us to leave this place determining by the grace of God to be thankful. Not just thanks. Not just thanking, but thankful, full of thanks. So much so that it's running over in our lives. Have thy way in this invitation, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Why don't we stand tonight? Why don't we stand? And listen, many are in the altar tonight. Maybe there's others that ought to come. What about it? Are you full tonight? Hey, teenager, are you full tonight? Are you full? Man, I wonder what it'd be like to have a teenager home that ends up blessing their mom and dad. They're so thankful that they begin to flow over into the lives of mom and dad. Wow, wouldn't that be something? Are you thankful tonight? Are you thankful? Now, if you're here this evening and you don't know for sure that you're saved, I encourage you to come tonight. We'd love to take the Bible and show you how to get saved tonight. So if you're not saved tonight, why don't you come? Just come on forward and We'd be glad to talk with you a little bit. Would you come while we wait? Would you come?